You can compare what each gospel writer wrote about Jesus and his ministry in the Issues Etc. Book of the Month for January. It's titled, Jesus, A Study of the Words of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Browse before you buy at issuesetc.org or call Concordia Publishing House, 1-800-325-3040. Jesus, A Study on the Words of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, costs fourteen ninety nine. The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for January, Jesus, A Study on the Words of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Sadly, the far left is actively working to erase our God-given rights, shut down faith-based charities, ban religious believers from the public square, and silence Americans who believe in the sanctity of life. One could say, well, people who hold religious beliefs have done bad things. Well, that's also true of people who've held all sorts of other beliefs. Think, for example, of the atheistic government of the Soviet Union in which millions were put in gulags and were harmed and tortured in the name of instituting secular government. I think to put Susan Anthony in its proper perspective historically is to understand that she is the publisher of a pro-life newspaper. You're saved not by your own machination, your own way of doing things, as they try to do with Abraham and Hagar, but rather you are saved by what God does, his promise. This is Mike from Illinois, and Lutherans Marching for Life, Love, Issues, etc. It is a miracle, there's no doubt about that. It's often cited as kind of your quintessential miracle, turning water into wine. And Jesus does it as the first of what the gospel writer John calls his signs. That's an interesting word. It's not just another word for miracle. It must mean something a little more than that. But it's also interesting that this first of Jesus' miracles is not really known by many people. Who knows? His mother knows. The servants who helped him perform the miracle by filling the water pots, they know And the disciples apparently know as well. But the rest of the wedding guests there at Cana, they are oblivious that a sign has been done by Jesus among them. Greetings and welcome to Issues Etc. Coming to you live from the studios of Lutheran Public Radio in Collinsville, Illinois. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. We'll be teaching a Sunday school lesson with Pastor Tom Baker, the wedding at Cana in John chapter 2. Pastor Roy Askins, managing editor of The Lutheran Witness, joins us after that. We'll talk about listening to a sermon. Then our series on Lutheran catechesis continues, part one of a conversation with Pastor Peter Bender of the Concordia Catechetical Academy on the sacrament of holy baptism, and in particular, John's baptism and its relationship to the one instituted by Jesus. Are they two different baptisms or the same baptism? We'll answer that question in hour two of Issues Etc., Joining us to teach a Sunday school lesson on the wedding at Cana in John chapter 2, Pastor Tom Baker, host of the radio show called Law and Gospel. For almost 30 years, he met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers to teach their students. Pastor Baker, welcome back. Uh, Thank you. This might confuse the Sunday school children a little bit that this is called a sign and not necessarily a miracle. What does that mean? The, The word sign is used, as you already indicated, in verse 11. After the miracle is done, this is the first of his signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory. 
Now, it's interesting that if you take a look at the uh, other biblical passages, the King James translates that word as miracle. And I think that's where a lot of people get the idea that the word sign therefore means miracle. But John expands on that in chapter 20, verse 30, uh, at the end near his gospel. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So that Greek word sign means more than a miracle. It actually means something that points to something else. I was uh, pleased to see in Enduring Faith, the CPH lessons for today, they suggest the teacher starts off with handing 10 of the students a number from one to 10, but not telling anybody what number each of them got. And then they are to give signals or signs to each other in order to stand in the order of the numbers. Say on the left is number one, on the right is number 10. And how would they do that? They may put up their fingers or they'd have other signs. One passage that really comes to mind where Jesus was disappointed that people saw a sign as a miracle only was after the feeding of the 5,000. You'll recall that many of the people were running after Jesus in order to make him a bread king. And Jesus said, you know, you saw the miracle, but you missed the sign. What was he talking about? The miracle was pointing to something other than that he could feed 5,000 people with a little bit of bread, a little bit of fish. And the point he's making is they missed that this was a sign portraying him as the Messiah, as the Christ. In chapter 20, verse 31, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. In fact, the other thing that came to mind on signs, when the disciples of John the baptizer go to Jesus and they say, John wants us to ask you whether you are the one we're waiting for or is there someone else? What does Jesus do? He tells them what appears to be miracles. Go tell John, the blind see, the deaf hear, the mute speak, the lame walk, the dead are raised. Now, why is he saying that? Well, obviously, it shows that he is also God, but more importantly, he's quoting the Old Testament that when these signs are done, that is God's way of showing Jesus to be the promised Christ. And, and so the signs are important. There were many believers in Jesus' day. We get the opinion that there weren't that many, but there were who believed in the coming of the Messiah. And so therefore, when these signs took place, wow, they believed him to be the Christ. In fact, the devil used that. 
he told Jesus, go up on the temple and jump down and you will not hurt yourself because there was a common teaching at that time that the Messiah, normally on the Day of Atonement, would appear on that corner of the temple. And so if Jesus appeared there, jumped down, people would jump to the conclusion that he was the Christ. But the only sign that Jesus gave to the Pharisees that he was the Christ when they asked him, uh, give us a sign, it was the sign of Jonah, namely being in the belly of the prepared fish for three days. Jesus is going to be in the grave for three days. So two points. When you hear the word sign, and, and John, in the Gospel of John, uses it 21 times, he's not just referring only to the miracle, but he's referring to that which it is pointing to. Uh, the best example I can give to Sunday school children, let's say you're driving with your mother and she comes up to a stop sign, but doesn't stop. She goes right through it. And you said, mom, you went through the stop sign. And she says, oh, it's just a sign. I, I don't think it means anything. But you know that it's a sign meaning stop. Look both ways before you continue. So that's the point John is trying to make in this sign at Cana, that this is pointing to Jesus as someone other than that baby in a cradle who is weak without any power. In fact, this is a real good Sunday school lesson for the epiphany, because the epiphany season is a time when God wants to explain even more who is this Jesus? Who, what is his task? What is his mission? Who is he as a person? So it's a great Sunday school lesson to have during this Epiphany season. One of the things that I find intriguing about this miracle is that Jesus doesn't do anything. He directs others to do these things. And then the miracle is thus revealed. He just simply speaks words and directs the servants to do kind of ordinary things. The unordinary thing being that the water they're carrying to the steward of the feast starts out as water and ends up as wine. He kind of does this behind the scenes. Yes. And notice who are his witnesses. They're the servants at the wedding, the disciples and Mary. He, he doesn't do this. Nobody is seeing him do this. And why is he having even the servants watch him? Because there was a way in which sometimes when you run out of wine, what people would do is they would mix kind of um, water with thick syrupy wine, and that's how extra wine could be found. But it wasn't very good wine. And the servants knew that Jesus only used water. In, in fact, there's something interesting about water and wine. Mainly, it's about the fact that water needs 120 gallons of water to make just one gallon of wine. Isn't that amazing? 
Now, Jesus did it. He had, I, I think I said 120 gallons of water. It's 872 gallons of water. He only used 120 gallons of water, but he produced more than one gallon of wine. He produced 120 gallons. There were six containers, and they normally held 20 gallons. It was for cleansing when you came in. Now, some scientists have indicated that for an individual to take normal water and change it into wine, the amount of energy would have been 250,000 kJs. Now, I'm not sure what that means, but they helped translate it. It is half the amount of energy that a lightning bolt does, that much. And of course, it was silent. Nobody heard an explosion. Nobody heard a bomb go off. All they knew is here was 120 gallons of wine from what had come from 120 gallons of water. By the way, just as an aside, this is a great example of how God created the world. When Jesus created the world, and he, it says he created everything in John 1, he created diamonds. If a scientist had found a diamond on the second day of creation, they would have said the earth must be hundreds of thousands of years old because that's how long a diamond normally takes. But by seeing this wine come instantaneously, we now recognize that the Son of God instantaneously not only created trees with fruit and also got light from stars that were eons away and they were reaching the earth on the first day of creation. It really helps us to understand true science versus the kind of historic science that hardly has any evidence. Pastor Tom Baker is our guest. We're teaching a Sunday school lesson on the wedding at Cana in John chapter 2. When we come back, the miracle is performed also through the agency of Jesus' mother. Do whatever he tells you, she says. The word went all around He turned the water into wine. Preach the gospel at all times. Use words when necessary. I prefer St. Paul who says, faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And that's what the February issue of the Lutheran Witness is all about, hearing and believing. It includes articles about hearing with your eyes, singing the gospel, listening to the word of God in sermons, and proclaiming the gospel in foreign lands. Visit cph.org slash witness to subscribe today. The Lutheran Witness, interpreting the contemporary world from a Lutheran perspective. cph.org slash witness. LCMS Disaster Response provides guidance and assistance to congregations who seek to proclaim the gospel and show mercy in the wake of disasters. We can bring capacity to your congregation through on-site assessment, volunteer training and congregation preparedness, and through grants direct to your congregation. For more information, follow us on Facebook, keyword LCMS Disaster Response, or visit our website at lcms.org slash disaster. That's lcms.org slash disaster. Real Reformation Radio. You're listening to Issues Etc. Remember when education was about the fundamental skills of reading, writing, and arithmetic? 
and about reading great literature and studying history to give our kids a model for what it is to be a good person. Memoria Press's Classical Christian Curriculum offers that very model for your homeschool. Get $5 off your next order by using the coupon code LPR20. For more information, go to memoriapress.com. Memoria Press, saving Western civilization one student at a time. Now that you have packed away the Christmas ornaments and Christmas for the season, it's time for some contemplation. Those Christmas are from the 80s. They're made of styrofoam. The glitter has dropped off and they're being held together with toothpicks. Don't celebrate another Christmas hearkening back to the age of glitter balls. Enter the 2020s with Ad Crucem's beautifully designed and lovingly made Christmonds. We offer all the old designs and a whole lot of new ones. Visit adcrucem.com. That's A-D-C-R-U-C-E-M dot com. Now pay close attention, little children. It's somebody you ought to know. Yeah, it's all about a man that walked on earth nearly 2,000 years ago. Well, he healed the sick Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. We're teaching a Sunday School lesson on the wedding at Cana in John chapter 2 with Pastor Tom Baker. The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for January is a study. You'll find the wedding at Cana in this book. It's a study of Jesus' life through the words of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the evangelist. And it lays them side by side in 24 lessons so you can see how each of the evangelists describes Jesus and his life ministry, suffering, death, and resurrection. It takes those Gospels in their chronological order and compares the four. Find out more about Jesus, a study on the words of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John at our website, issuesetc.org, or call Concordia Publishing House and ask for the Issues Etc. Book of the Month for January, 1-800-325-3040. Tom, he also employs his mother, maybe not intentionally, she wants him to solve the problem of the diminishing wine supply. He says something that sounds rather rude to her, but then she goes and tells the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. She's the one who kind of kicks off the miracle in some ways, at least in a human fashion. What should we make of this exchange between Jesus and his mother? Yes, I think uh, people have made too much of it because he refers to her as woman. Now, it's kind of unusual to refer to your mother as a woman, but it actually was a very common and respectful greeting. And therefore, he was almost looking and speaking with her as one of his disciples because he had brought his own disciples with him. And Jesus said to her, woman, when she says, they have no wine. What does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Now, Jesus was well aware of the fact that he was going to be dying for the sins of the world. He had read the Old Testament. It's found in Psalm 22, Isaiah 53, all over the place. And yet he knew he had to wait for the time when the Father was ready for that death. And so... He even left Nazareth to went up into a, and live in a Gentile area so Herod could not get a hold of him at one time. So this is a common conversation he's having with his mom, and calling her woman is no sign of disrespect. He's just saying to her, what does this have to do with me? 
Now, Mary, a number of times it says in the Bible, she pondered these things in her heart. I, I guess I would be too. You're at the cradle of your newborn son, and all of a sudden a bunch of shepherds show up and start worshiping him. Then after some months, you have wise men from the east, Gentiles, giving him gifts. Then this coming Sunday, we're going to be talking about Simeon, speaking of the mission of that child, and he is holding. And so I'm, I'm going to be asking the congregation, do we ever get to hold Jesus like Simeon did? And this really leads us into a point that you started talking about, Todd, that I think is really excellent. And that is Jesus himself doesn't appear to be carrying any of the water or distributing the wine. No, he had the servants do that. And the word servant there can refer to a slave or someone who's really following Jesus closely. And so I'm going to be making the point Sunday that for the children in Sunday school, remember Jesus took them up in his arms and held them. How about these Sunday school children? Would that ever happen to them? It did. And that was at their baptism when with water applied, and it was just ordinary water, but it was connected to the Word of God. And when we say it's connected, it means it comes along with a promise of a gospel promise where it's unconditional and these children are brought into the family of God. Then as you get older, yes, Simeon held Jesus in his arms, you will be receiving the very body and blood of Jesus in your mouth at the Lord's Supper. And so I cannot but think that depending on what level the Sunday school teacher is teaching, if they're teaching confirmands, I would definitely bring up the Lord's Supper because here again, it's not Jesus standing there distributing bread and wine. It's a servant of Jesus, an elder, or maybe a pastor, and they're receiving it to people who are witnessing it. And as they witness this, namely, take, eat, this is my body, take, drink, this is my blood, they are being made aware of the sign behind that sacrament that it is God himself giving to them the precious food of salvation. And they can be assured that the sign they are now seeing in baptism, in the Lord's Supper, and in the absolution is much more than just a miracle, even though it is, but it's a confirmation, just like that stop sign indicated that there was a movement you needed to make, so also the word and the sacraments are signs that indicate movements that you are making, not by your own will, but the movement from being in the kingdom of Satan to the kingdom of God. Jesus does it all. So this wedding at 
Cana sign has a lot to say about the rest of the ministry of Jesus and helps us to understand the epiphany of who Jesus truly is. So is there a significance to the fact that Jesus does this first sign at a wedding and that his miracle appears to be kind of impromptu that brought on about the circumstances and that he permits this young couple and everyone involved, the family, not to lose any kind of face before the community that he allows the celebration to go on? I would say the most important point is that this is what the church is. We also are, in a sense, at a marriage ceremony. Jesus is the groom. We are the bride. The Holy Christian Church is the bride. And it gets even better in the book of Revelation, where the foundation is built upon the teaching of the prophets and the apostles. Jesus is the head. We are the body. There are a lot of metaphors that are used here. But in light of this, it it shows that Jesus was not against having a good time and rejoicing at the marriage of a man and a woman as God so intended from the beginning of the creation if such a marriage is to take place. So the church is the bride, Jesus is the groom, and he's also the head of the body, which means anywhere that Jesus is as our head, we are there with him. Ephesians makes clear that with Jesus, we were crucified. With Jesus in baptism, we were buried. With Jesus, we have risen from the death of sin. And with Jesus, we are seated at the right hand of God with Jesus. Take a look at the Ephesians passage to discover that. And we need to start helping the children see these tremendous gifts and what these signs are pointing to. So with about a minute here, Tom, how would you explain the law and gospel of this very familiar miracle account, Jesus at the wedding at Cana? I would say oftentimes we're tempted to deny who Jesus is. Things aren't going right, and every pastor can tell you he's had members come up to him and say, Pastor, why did this happen to me? What did I do to deserve this? This is really a sign of doubt in the promises of Jesus. And the way the pastor corrects that false teaching is to remind the individual of those promises that best help them and that God wants to be used in their particular situation of discomfort so that they can have comfort from the Holy Trinity through the promises of the gospel. Pastor Tom Baker is host of a radio show called Law and Gospel for almost 30 years. He met monthly with his Sunday school teachers to prepare them for the Sunday school classroom. Tom, thanks for being our guest. And thank you. When we come back, Pastor Roy Askins joins us. We're going to talk about listening 
to a sermon. Think about sitting in that pew, the distractions that often come your way. How should you react to that? What should you do when you find yourself distracted or inattentive during the preaching of God's word? And why does a pastor get into the pulpit and often before he ever opens his mouth to preach, he says prayer? We'll answer some of those questions with Pastor Askins next. You can compare what each gospel writer wrote about Jesus and his ministry in the Issues Etc. book of the month for January. It's titled, Jesus, A Study of the Words of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Browse before you buy at issuesetc.org or call Concordia Publishing House, 1-800-325-3040. Jesus, A Study on the Words of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, costs fourteen ninety nine. The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for January, Jesus, a study on the words of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I'm Pastor Todd Rappi. I serve a congregation here in Fayetteville, North Carolina, our Redeemer Lutheran Church, a sister congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. All of the saints here gather around blood, water, and spirit as theologians of the cross every Sunday morning at 1030. We only welcome sinners. We certainly would welcome you. If you'd like to contact us through our website, you may do so at faylcms.org. Do you know any military veterans in your church or community? Do you have a passion to support and reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Then Operation Barnabas is for you. Called by Christ's love, Operation Barnabas engages, empowers, and equips LCMS faith communities to provide hope, healing, and support to military-connected persons living in their community. Operation Barnabas is a program of LCMS Ministry to the Armed Forces. Find out more at lcms.org slash armed forces. This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we'll study Jesus washes the disciples' feet, one of you will betray me, a new commandment. Let not your hearts be troubled. And Jesus, the image of the Father. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, as we continue our walk through St. John's Gospel on the Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily verse-by-verse Bible study on demand at thewordendures.org and on the Lutheran Public Radio app. A mobile Lutheran Bible study. You're listening to Issues Etc. Thanks to the following congregations for standing with us by becoming an Issues Etc. congregational sponsor. Bethlehem Lutheran, Sylvan Grove, Kansas. Faith Lutheran Church and Preschool, Marinette, Wisconsin. Holy Cross Lutheran, Albany, Oregon. Lutheran Church of Our Redeemer, Peekskill, New York. Mount Zion Lutheran, Castle Rock, Colorado. Prince of Peace Lutheran, San Diego, California. St. Athanasius Lutheran, Fairfax, Virginia. St. Paul Lutheran, Austin, Texas, Trinity Lutheran, Arapahoe, Nebraska, and Zion Lutheran, Detroit, Michigan. Find out how your confessional Lutheran church can support this worldwide outreach by including Issues Etc. in your mission or advertising budget. Just go to issuesetc.org, click Support, Donate, and print the one-page flyer. When your congregation becomes an Issues Etc. sponsor, we'll publicize your church on the radio, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal.